us tonight. Let's give that to Jesus. Would you do that? He deserves our praise tonight. Hallelujah. Once again, it's so good to be here with you. And I've so enjoyed being with your pastor today. And a little bit of I've been around these folks. I can tell you, I love them. I think you do too. Good people. I'm going to go to Matthew 24, 9 tonight. And I give honor to your pastor, his wife, and also to the ministry staff of this church. You are blessed people. I believe that with all my heart. Matthew 24, 9. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Our title tonight is End Time Anti-Semitism, Another Sign. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we ask you to touch this service tonight. I pray for your anointing to be on each and every one of us. Help our understanding. Help us to see with spiritual eyesight, God. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, Lord, what thus saith the word of God. Lord, we pray that you have your will here tonight. Pray that you have your way. Pray, Lord, that you change thinking that needs to be changed. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Will you give him a hand clap of praise as you're seated? Hallelujah. There's much skepticism regarding the imminent return of Christ, even though there are so many fulfilled signs pointing to his soon return that Jesus plainly discussed and promised that he, re he would return. Jesus plainly stated, no man knows the day nor the hour. But the word of God, we talked about it last night, specifically Matthew chapter 24 gives us signs of the season of his return. Therefore, we can know the season or the condition of the world when Jesus returns. We no longer live in a day that is speculated how a one world government could take place. It's being implemented. One senator stated we already are part of a one world system. We just don't realize it. A mark of the beast could be implemented without any problem. The technology is available. I was saying to pastor or either coming over here or back in the office a little while ago that I saw, I believe I read it today or yesterday, that they're already experimenting with airlines for you to get through security quicker by a chip in your hand. That was on national news. It's just a matter of which resource will be used. Nation is against nation. Terrorism is out of control. War and rumor of war is old news. We live in a hate-filled world that has a huge appetite for self-promotion and power. Catastrophic earthquakes are so common now that they're the norm. 
deception, false prophets, wolves and lambs clothing, do I need to even comment on it? It's so rampant, so widespread. What other sign are you looking for? What other sign? What, what sign will shake you to the point of making a change in your life? There are those that want to question, has everything been fulfilled? My answer is a question back. They ask how the gospel has been preached. Has it been preached to all the nations? And so my question is, where hasn't it been preached? What hasn't been fulfilled for the Lord to return. Our text talks about a time that Israel is hated by all nations. That time is not coming, it's arrived. Israel is indeed hated. We are living in a time when nations' leaders have turned against Israel. Israel does not have any friends among nation leaders. It's another sign, but Is it just another sign? Another verse in Scripture comes quickly to mind when discussing this topic, Zechariah 12, 2. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people. In that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. And yet another one, Genesis 12, 3. I will bless them that bless thee. And curse him that curseth thee. Right? From the very beginning of time, God made a covenant of protection with his people. It was established, the established word of God that worked all through the Old Testament and held true against the enemies of Israel in ancient days and battles. It still holds true today regardless of what leader thinks he has the power to ignore the laws and the principles of God. It's God's principles and laws in place, and God's ways will prevail. Nations reap the consequences of their treatment of Israel, good or bad. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu addressed our Congress, appealed to an American president, whom with his actions supports Islamic factions more than Israel's protection. Israel's prime minister appealed to the American people and to the world, attempting to reach individuals to understand the plight of the Israeli people here a few months ago. He gave a short Bible lesson that was scoffed at, ridiculed, rejected as liberals, Muslims, and radicals denounced that Israel has any rights whatsoever at all. At the end of his speech, he made this comment that aligned with prophetic scripture written 2,000 years ago that fulfills today as the world watches. Benjamin Netanyahu said, and I quote, even if Israel has to stand alone, Israel will stand. 
Words written by ancient writers spring to life before our very eyes as we witness prophecy unfold. The fact of the matter, the United Nations, international human rights groups, academics, and celebrities have condemned Israel for crimes it has not committed. Israeli military have been accused of every false genocidal ethnic cleansing possibility spun by propaganda wordsmiths for years. Now the world has forgotten that the terrorism was brought to Israel, not Israel taking it to the world. It's evilness from the pits of hell spawning dysfunction throughout this world to bring about the climatic event of Armageddon. It is a doctrine of devils, 1 Timothy 4.1, seducing spirits that works to deceive humanity down the road of no return. Finally, Revelation 16.13 tells us three unclean spirits like frogs will go out into the world and draw all nations to Armageddon. We are witnessing spirits of darkness working against humanity at all levels, breaking down sound thinking of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What the world doesn't realize, the epic center is not London. It's not Tokyo. It's not Beijing. It's not New Delhi. It's not Washington or any other place you want to name outside of Israel. The epic center is Israel, more specifically Jerusalem. Trouble may start with the Jews, but it never ends there. Henceforth, the entire world endures what Israel faces alone. Today, no civilian is safe around the world. Airports have had to develop security procedures at one time only Israeli embassies and consulates and public places had to install. Tragically, Israel has been forced to be the pioneer of a whole lot of security measures. Why? It's Bible fulfillment. It's scripture playing out. It's the smallest of details of Bible prophecy coming to life. Living, flowing through a world that pays no attention to the word of God. I will bless them that bless her. And I will curse them that curse her. Why did America live such a blessed, charmed life for so many years? Could it be that for such a long time, we were a protector of Israel? I think we know the answer. Racial wars here in America has increased and is increasing. Syrian refugees have flooded our streets and now are being arrested with bomb attack thwarted and in some cases already death has occurred. America is becoming more and more chaotic as lawlessness rules more and more. I will bless them that bless her and I will curse them that curse her. Could it be these unbelievable events taking place that many of us in the past could not, didn't ever think that it could take place on American soil, but now is undeniable. Could it be that these things that 
puts us under martial, that could put us under martial law, that these policies are right, taking us right into a world government completely. Is that what is setting up? Just throwing out questions tonight. At this point, several different things could take place. But the point, the Islamic wave of terror is not just on the other side of the world anymore. It's here. It has been here for a while. Now it's picking up and gaining momentum. It's so widespread that it's not going to be defeated by Russia or any other nation in the deserts of Syria. The chaos has been set into motion. The end, it's the end that will only come with the arrival of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords at Armageddon. And I don't know about you, but I've made up my mind. Regardless of what goes on, what, how this world plays out, what takes place today, tomorrow, a year from now, I've made up my mind, Brother Murphy, I will be saved. I'm going to get into the boat, I'm going to get in the center of the boat, and I'm staying there. I'm not looking to the right, not looking to the left. I've got my mind, my eyes on him, my mind is made up. Somebody that agrees with that, why don't you give him a hand clap of praise right now? I haven't changed my mind from last night. He's got this. I just got to connect to him, and I got to make sure that I'm in his will. I'm in his way, and as long as I'm in his will, he's got it all under control, and I don't have anything to fear. The unintended alliance of Western progressives with Islamic fundamentalists has created a perfect storm of genocidal Jew and infidel hatred. Islamic groups are all engaged in a religious war. ISIS, the Islamic State of Iraq and al-Sham, is envisioning a Sharia-ruled caliphate which will rule the Middle East, then the world. These Islamists dream of a worldwide medieval caliphate in which there are no human or individual rights, absolutely no infidels. Their law, their rule, convert or die. It's that simple. The modern, democratic, utterly miraculous Jewish state was meant to be a haven for Jews everywhere. Today, it, Israel, is a cup of trembling. All over this world, on every continent, Jews are being attacked. Their businesses rendered unsafe, synagogues destroyed, demonstrations manipulated and provoked to riots as a masses scream their hatred of Israel. It's a new anti-Semitism, an epidemic of violence, hatred, and lies that are being touted as politically correct. Israel has fast become the Jew of the world, scorned, scapegoated, demonized, and attacked. Today, the new anti-Semitism speaks a hundred different languages. The demonization of the Jews and of Israel has created an atmosphere in which the unthinkable and the horrific are possible. 
There's a euphoric atmosphere, a permissibility that was never there before. It is total disconnect from reality. And how can that be? There is only one answer. It is driven by forces of an unseen spirit world of darkness that hates the nation of Israel with such a passion that it desires nothing more than its demise. Anti-Semitism has reached all-time highs around the world, and it's setting the stage for fulfillment of major prophecy to take place. So what does all of this mean? Why all the attention tonight to anti-Semitism? More than likely, you've seen all of this in the news. What's the big deal? I mentioned it before. Is it just another sign? Or is there more significance to the intense hate toward Israel that we should be paying attention to? Is it something that is the spark to a greater event that will set up the events of all events? Finally, according to Scripture, the powder keg, the the Middle East has been setting on blows up into a huge war. Isaiah 17 and Psalm 83 predicts that Syria and surrounding countries will do battle against Israel. In today's terms, the Palestinians, Hezbollah, Hamas, Muslim Brotherhood, including Egypt, Saudis, Lebanese, and Jordanians, this prophetic psalm declares these enemies of Israel will unite to attempt to wipe the Jewish state off the map so that the name of Israel be remembered no more, Psalm 83, 4. Something we hear quite often that Israel's enemies boast of doing. By the time this war takes place, nations will be beside themselves with their craving to put Israel in its place. World events continue to build adding to this anger that is poured out toward Israel. March 3rd, 2015, a historic ruling by an Israeli court and judge ruled that the Jews were to be allowed to pray on the Temple Mount, something that was a major backward step against Muslims that have long lobbied for the Temple Mount and that part of Jerusalem to be turned completely over to Palestinian control, making it their own state. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, in his own words, against all odds, won re-election March 17, 2015, in a hard-fought battle against liberal Arab influence. In these types of events that boil, it boils, they boil the Middle East hatred against Israel. Finally, the Muslim nations come together in a coalition in full-fledged campaign against Israel. Israel more than likely withholds nothing to withstand the onslaught. It doesn't take much to understand tonight Israel is standing by itself. Our own president has stated not long ago that he would shoot down any Israeli jets if they were to attack Iran. He has sided with Iran to give them nuclear capability, to which Israel has responded they cannot and will not let happen. 
after the election and his bid to assist in unseating Netanyahu for the first time in history. A U.S. president is now looking to support U.N. sanctions against Israel for a two-state solution with Palestine. This, the country that has always stood by Israel, it is high probability that Israel goes nuclear as the Arab countries attacked. According to Isaiah 17:1. Damascus is turned into a ruinous heap. And it wouldn't take much for that to be a reality right now. Go Google. Don't do it right now. I, I've learned that I've got a preference that everybody's on their phone. But go Google Damascus. Pull up the statistics. I can show you pictures of Damascus that is overwhelmingly already. They've got places in Damascus that is not habitable. But the world goes into shock. The hate toward Israel now skyrockets to even greater heights. Imagine it for a moment. The world is reeling and, and raging from the fallout of the Psalm 83 war. Something drastic has to happen. The answer, an answer is needed. Somebody, anybody, in the words of Henry Spake, former Secretary General of NATO, be he God or devil, we will receive him. That'll be the mentality of the hour globally. The one world antichrist system is authorized. The antichrist is powered up. To accurately understand the atmosphere at this point, we have to remember that the world will be in a complete state of shock and anger over the Middle East war that most likely showcased Israel's use of chemical and biological weapons. The war, this war will bring about the worst loss of life this world has ever witnessed. Civilians and military, Jew and Gentile, Damascus destroyed. The Middle East map will have changed with Israel controlling most of the land that was once nations' territories surrounding her. Israel, Israeli detention camps along with Israel's domination of the Middle East oil will leave the world hardly able to catch its breath between war crime accusations and insults directed at Israel. A new global political platform will slide into place. A man that signs a treaty with the hated Jews that has wrecked much of the Middle East. Even though it seems peace has settled across the land, too many things are messed up. The, this world leader is making too many demands. Fragile economies will probably have collapsed, such as America and Europe, with oil prices skyrocketing. Russia can't stand it anymore. It's had enough. The Arab armies regroup. Russia joins in lusting over the wealth of Israel, possibly seeing it as wounded and easy pickings. A coalition is formed headed by Russia. It's Gog and Magog. The goal is to slaughter the Jews and take spoil. Ezekiel 38, 12. It's the hook in the jaw. 
It's closer than what you and I think. This is what the world is coming to. It's Bible prophecy unfolding. You can see the dots connecting. It's not something speculated coming. The storm has formed. Russia, Iran, Turkey, Libya, Germany, Egypt, and a hostile host of others in fulfillment of Ezekiel 38 and 39. In the Gog-Magog invasion of Israel swing into action. In the run-up to this war, there will be waves of fear and panic that sweep the world as a second much larger possible nuclear disaster draws near. Finally, a nation, Israel, has pushed the button. Now, the red alert takes on a whole new meaning as people truly realize the devastation possibilities that exist. Fear beyond belief will grip the world as global markets are traumatized by an impending world war three. Israel will be surrounded on all sides with no hope in sight. The world holds its breath, hoping that Israel will indeed be finally wiped off the map. I've tried to paint a picture out of the Bible of where we're headed. It's, it's out of the Bible, Brother Murphy. It's a funnel that's directing everything that we're talking about down to one point. And finally, it happens. You see, the anti-Semitism that is global against Israel is not just another sign. It packs far more impact than the other signs. The other signs are events that allow us to know the season of his return. But this sign has with it devastation that drives the world into the tribulation. When this sign hits its peak, you're in the tribulation already. In a news report in the Jerusalem Post dated August 2014, Tarek Fami, the head of the Israeli unit at the Egyptian National Center for Mideastern Studies, made this statement, and I quote, Israel insists on demilitarizing the Gaza Strip from rockets and missiles and the declaration of a ceasefire that would last between five and seven years. These talks failed. But the very fact that within talks of peace is a time period of seven years being discussed should grab the attention of those watching and waiting for Christ's return. Everybody that knows anything about the tribulation understands it's a seven-year peace treaty that the Antichrist brings to the table for nations to sign. You can believe all of this is coincidental if you want to. I believe it's part of covenant language conditioning. What do I mean by that? You've already experienced it for several years now. When they want to make some kind of change, I'm talking about the government. When the media wants something to change, they will put out word phrases. They will put out things to condition the world, and then change takes place. It's a, it's a spirit of Antichrist manipulating events and 
negotiations, influencing readying humanity leaders and nations for a man to show up with a seven-year peace treaty to bring peace among all the nations, a treaty that is named the covenant of death in Isaiah 28. We hear it in the news, but it's become old news, the war rumblings of Russia. Yet in an interview with the German newspaper dated March 8, 2015, Jean-Claude Juncker, who leads the EU's executive arm. He's a president of the European Commission, said an EU army would let the continent react credibly to threats to peace in a member state or neighbor of the EU. This is in response to Russia's aggressiveness. Undeterred, headlines read March 16th, Putin says, he was ready to put Russian nuclear forces on alert. Russia is intent on taking back ground its loss, and I submit it's doing it. Once that is accomplished, then its power appetite will look to consume more territory. Russia has carried out bomb runs in Syria. It's war talk. It's war excursions readying for Ezekiel 38.4 to fulfill. At ground zero, at the very day life level where you and I live, it's easy to think. It's just anti-Semitism. It's another era, same story, different set of characters. Israel has always been fighting. The Mideast has always hated Israel. The Middle East just can't get along. It's all the rhetoric that we've heard for a lifetime. It's easy to concede to that mentality, that thought process. But the problem is much greater than an old, boring, ancient story of Middle Eastern nations that can't get along. It's bigger than that. If you believe the Bible, it's Ezekiel 38.4 and the rest of end-time prophecy rushing toward its appointment with prophetic destiny. The Northern Army Coalition of Russia and its allies attacked Jerusalem. Ezekiel 38 is the war everybody talks about. Everybody is watching for. Scripture gives a setting, the conditions that are prevalent when this war takes place. The invasion takes place at a time when Israel is dwelling in their own land. Ezekiel 38.8. Today, Israel's population is more than 7 million, and it continues to grow. Another condition, Gog Magog happens during a time of peace, Ezekiel 38.11. The Middle East is in an upheaval of chaos right up to the appearance of the Antichrist. It makes sense. This peace is a false peace that has been guaranteed by the Antichrist through the seven-year peace treaty that he has signed between nations in Israel. For a period of time, this treaty seems to bring peace to the Middle East. As the world attempts to rebuild out of the ashes of Psalm 83, literally, physically, economically, etc. It's digging out from maximum devastation. Daniel 11.41 tells a prophetic story. Russia and its alliances has had enough. The agreement between 
The Antichrist and its world system, its dictatorship, its control, its power mongrels busting heads against each other. The invasion from the north causes the Antichrist to break his covenant. Today, right now, the stage for the Gog-Magog war is set. The ingredient, the friendships, the alliances are in place right now. Everybody waits for the Gog-Magog war battle but we have a Psalm 83 war yet to be fought that I discussed a few minutes ago according to what many prophecy scholars teach and something I agree with Psalm 83 Isaiah 17 Damascus turned into a ruinous heap in all the areas south to Israel will be unlivable It's most probably the last event that gives desperation to finding a solution that puts the Antichrist in power. It's my belief the Psalm 83 war is the last straw that sends the world over the edge into 100% one world government with global dictator and the Antichrist is in control. Most probably the world sees this as the only possibility not to nuke each other into oblivion, then when you understand Second Thessalonians, when it explains, it says, before the wicked one, the lawless one, is revealed, the church is removed, raptured, Second Thessalonians 2.8. The question of the hour becomes, just how close are we to the coming of the Lord? sobering thought. You see, for the bride, we talked about this last night, for the bride, all of these things that I talked about last night and tonight, for the bride, Sister Murphy, it's signs. It's a sign that I'm, I'm coming to get you. Look up, your redemption draweth nigh. There's no reason to be stressful, no reason to be upset. I'm the bride, and I'm coming to get my bride. For the unchurched, for the sinner, it is a warning. It's what you've always heard it. You heard it preached for years, the warnings of prophecy. Well, it is a warning to the unchurch, to the sinner. But to you and I, it's a sign. As a deceiver stirs a pot of dysfunction, it spills out all over everything and everybody. Nations feel the effects. World leaders fall under its spell, and it funnels downward from the world scene through leaders down to individuals. Churches feel it. Saints deal with it. The sinner And the lukewarm, the cold in spirit, the lethargic, those lost in apathy succumb to its poison. The attack is relentless. The weapons are endless. People grope in the darkness for answers. The problem is it's not just any darkness. It's satanically induced darkness. 
across the land, homes are being destroyed. Marriages are decimated. Families are demolished. The scars of a fallen world in an end-time finale continue to show up. I don't know about you, but I'm just about getting sick of this end-time hour. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that, ta- that talks about there's going to come a time when people will pray, Lord, come quickly. I'm just about to that point. But my problem is I still have somebody to reach. I still got family members that need to come into the fold. You know, Brother Murphy, you made a statement today that is so true. You're not worried about the church, but you're worried about the people. It comes down to an individual situation. Where are you at with God? What is your relationship with him? Do I have a prayer life? Am I waking up in the morning with my knees hitting the ground, the floor beside my bed before I leave for the day? Am I talking with Jesus? What is my relationship like with him? This message tonight is just one. It's like I've already said. I've asked it two or three times. Is it just another sign? When you can see what I've talked about tonight so plainly, so clearly. The Jew is hated and nobody is standing with her. And the battle lines are drawn. In the Psalm 83, Isaiah 17 war, you can literally see it forming. Where am I at with God? It's so easy to look around us and see the devastation in families. So easy to see the addictions that have reached society. So easy to see the anger and the hatred. Murder, killing, shootings, atrocities, all are part of this end time hour, but yet they've become normal. Pornography is taking its toll. Immorality, promiscuous lifestyles are no big deal. Here a couple of years ago, I was talking to someone at the time in their 80s. And she was so excited about a niece that was no longer in drugs and just found a good young man, but they were shacked up. And this young lady had been raised in an apostolic home And this 80-something-year-old was so excited about she's found somebody good and they're, 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 they're putting a life together. What? My point tonight, we cannot let the ravages of this world 
get in on us. And we cannot allow the clammy part of this world to clamp down on us. We cannot allow the stuff that is coming against us to become normal. It cannot happen. I've got to shake that mess off. I've got to get rid of that stuff. That world is not my home. That is not part of my culture. Somebody needs to grab it tonight and understand. That's not where I'm living. Darkness has enveloped us in the entertainment world. People are fascinated with astrology, with horoscopes. You can go on Facebook and see the, the, the person that was in church on Sunday reading their horoscope on Monday. Do you not realize, I'm sorry, I guess I'm meddling tonight. Do you not realize what you're fooling with when you're fooling with that mess and what you're opening yourself up to? It's an end time spirit, an antichrist spirit that's coming in through the back door. And it's messing up marriages, it's messing up homes, it's messing up sound thinking. And that devil cannot have a place in anything that we're doing. If we allow it, it's going to mess us up. It's an end time antichrist spirit. What used to be off limits is part of everyday life. No big deal. Tolerated and justified. Yes, the dysfunction has spilled out and it's spewed out over everybody looking for answers in the wrong places. The short of it is, though, Jesus is the answer. Now, I've depressed and oppressed everybody tonight. I understand. And I said all of that. You know, I've got a belief about something. I've been places where people stayed home because they were scared of what I was going to say. Prophecy preacher coming into town. Well, I got something else to do tonight. There's nothing to be scared of a prophecy. In fact, it should be exciting. Brother, when I find out I'm about to head to the house, I'm kind of happy about that. When you start talking to me about streets of gold, I get a little bit excited. When you start talking about I got a mansion in the sky, if that don't do what? You mean... I'm not going to be looking at any pain, no sickness, nobody dead anymore. Come on, somebody. That's kind of exciting stuff to me. But people get so caught up in this world and all of this stuff. And I understand. I've come to grips with something. That people look at prophecy and they look at all the bad stuff. It's time for us to start looking at the good stuff. I, for one, believe we, are, we should understand prophecy. You know, it's like somebody coming up behind you and attacking you. You didn't see it coming. But when I know 
that all the stuff that I'm talking about tonight is coming and I'm not blindsided. I understand it's going to happen. The Bible says it, but I also understand in that same book, the Bible talks about he's got the church's back, that it is a bride of Christ that I'm part of, that I can deal with it that way. I can deal with it when I understand this and this and that is going to happen. But I've got, a, I've got a home far beyond the sky. I've got a promise like nobody can ever explain. I've got something waiting on me if I will just connect in and I will get in his will and I will stay in his will. Will somebody give him a hand clap of praise? Is there anybody excited about going home tonight? I wish somebody that was excited about seeing the streets of gold. I wish you would stand to your feet. I wish you would uh, give him a standing ovation tonight. I wish somebody would glorify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You see, it's not oppression and it's not depression when you understand when you get the vision that I've got, keep on standing, I'm done. When you get the vision that I've got, when you get to see that far beyond the sky, over there, somewhere up in the heavens, there's a heaven coming down. There's a streets of gold coming down. A place where there's no more sickness. There's no more death. I can get excited. Is there anybody got anybody over there waiting on you? Why don't you go ahead and give him a hand clap of praise? Why don't somebody worship him? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I understand that this message can be sobering. But if you'll take it tonight and you'll just understand you know, 30 years ago, we talked about the hate of the Jews, and it was no big deal because we stood by them. Our nation stood by them. There's other nations that stood with them, and it was no big deal. But tonight, you can understand and you can see the nations that have lined up against them. And when I see that take place, I understand my redemption draweth nigh. And I'm that close to more, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more dealing with sickness, no more dealing with Satan. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of tired of him messing in my finances. I'm kind of tired of him messing in my family. I'm kind of tired of him messing around with my stuff that Jesus has given me. Is there anybody else in the house? You're just kind of tired of it. So what I'm trying to leave you with tonight, it's another sign, but it's not just another sign. It's just about going home time. Folks, if you can't, if you haven't looked at what I'm talking about, if you remember one thing tonight, if you remember Isaiah 17, specifically Isaiah 17, 1, Psalm 83, go home and do some study with it. And when you start seeing that unfold and come together, you understand these nations are lined up. There's no way that 
that war unfolds and everything is intact. You're talking about a city. What is it? 14 million people. Sirius. Uh, Damascus. Something like 14 or 16 million people. Uninhabitable. Gone. We're not talking about small stuff. So when that takes place, there's got to be an answer. There's got to be something happen. I mentioned it last night. Syria is the beast. And there's an influx of people going to, to Syria to join ISIS. So what are all the nations doing? They're bombing Syria. What I'm talking about tonight is happening in your news every day. But what does that say to me? Look up. My redemption draweth nigh. Why don't you raise your hands? Why don't you praise him? Why don't you worship him a minute? Why don't you thank Jesus for the knowledge and understanding of an end time hour that he put in his word? Why, why don't you just do that for just a minute? Lord, we thank you and we praise you. We worship you and we honor you. God, such an awesome God that cared so much about us that he put in his word. When you see these things, and he outlined it to us so well that when you see these things take place, look up, my, your redemption draweth nigh. Tonight, as we get ready to leave, I, I would ask you just to slip out of your seat. Why don't you come around this front in a moment? We're going to pray. So why don't you slip out of your seat and come around this front? As we get up here, I believe in the power of praying for each other. I believe when you pray for others, you get answers to what you what you need in your own your own self. I want you to lay a hand on a person beside you, grab their hand. The prayer I want you to pray tonight. I want you to pray, Lord, help my friend, help my neighbor. Help them, Lord, to be enlightened to the mind of Christ, to the point of understanding on a daily, day-by-day basis, God, what you're doing in this end time. Lord, help, help my friend to understand. Help him to understand, Lord. Help him to not be fearful. Help her to not be fearful. Help her, Lord, to just simply understand what is taking place. Can somebody pray that with a fervency right now? Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice. I pray, God, that you touch individuals. I pray that you touch their minds. I pray that you touch their hearts, that you touch their understanding. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you move on individuals. God, that you help them to understand, God, everything that this book has to offer. Lord, that you open understanding. God, that you give revelation.
I pray it in the name of Jesus. I speak it in the name of Jesus. I speak faith into this congregation right now, Lord. Jesus in your name. In your name, in your name, in your name, in your name. In the name of Jesus. Now all over this place. As I've preached this message tonight, I've, I've felt, I've felt fear, I've felt hurting, I've, hurt, I've felt individuals that are hurting, I've felt individuals that don't quite understand. If you're one of those people, I want you to raise your hands. Fearful hurting, not really understanding. Raise your hands. Raise them high. Now, folks, I want you to look around. I want you to see the person that has a hand up, and I want somebody to slip up beside them. Come on, I want everybody with a hand laid on them. Now, folks, these are people that have said, I'm hurting, I'm fearful, I don't understand. Now I'm asking this congregation to come together and bind together. And I'm asking you to pray a fervent prayer. The fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Will somebody pour their heart out for just a couple more minutes? Would you do it for your neighbor, for your friend, for the church member, for the, for the visitor? Would you do it right now? Would somebody pour their heart out? Would somebody petition heaven right now? Would somebody intercede right now? Lord, in the name of Jesus, you see each and every individual. God, that had boldness to raise their hands. Lord, I'm praying right now. I'm praying, God, that you touch individuals. You touch their understanding. I bind fear right now. I command it to leave. I command it to go. By the power and authority of the word of God. I lose faith into this atmosphere. I lose it right now in Jesus' name. God, I pray revelation is given. Understanding comes, God, in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus, and by the power and authority of the Word of God, we pray this prayer. Jesus, in your name.